Good morning. Welcome to church. I'm Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. You can go to our chat line. I can respond to your questions and comments on the uh, YouTube chat line. So, Jeremiah, um, he hit you in the mouth? Yeah. He hit you in the mouth and in the eye? Yeah. And he broke your leg? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, how come your leg hurt? Hurt? What? Well, I don't know. It just happened. <laughs> so did they have to carry you out on a stretcher? No. Uh, did, did your father get mad? He wasn't there. Oh, I bet you were happy about that. Huh? He would have beat up the guy. <laughs> no. How dare you beat up my son? So Jeremiah is on a, a wrestling team, and he had a wrestling mat. He got pretty bruised up. But that's good. You, you know, you're supposed to get beat up. Anyway, um, how y'all doing? Everybody fine here? All right. Um, I want to get into some issues here. Uh, is this your first time here? Yeah. What's your name and how did you hear about us? My name is Clinton. Um, oh. Clinton Moore. Uh-huh. Um, I basically was given uh, one of the business cards when I was at Jack in the Box because I was like getting ready to, I mean, basically commit suicide by going into a blood neighborhood dressed as a crip and basically um, a man saved my life by like realizing that I needed help and basically he gave me one of the business cards and told me that you, Jesse, can basically help me with, with my problems of that stuff and get me to where I need, you know? Oh, how old are you? 23. And you wanted to commit suicide? Yeah, I mean, basically because I, you know, I can't overcome my past of disrespecting my dad, disrespecting my friends from Fairfax, I mean, certain people in my life that love me and care about me. I just felt like, hell, I, I just felt like just giving up and getting my ass beat in the wrong neighborhood. <laughs> and- <laughs> And so you were going to dress up like a crip or blood and go down in the hood so yeah, they can kill you? Yeah, basically a crip. That's what I was heading for. And basically, yeah, you know, just I felt like I deserved it. But until that man stepped in, I basically was it was my lucky day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you come up with the idea? You know, I'm ready to commit suicide. I'm 23 years old. I might as well die. So I'm going to put on red. I guess the Crips were red, right? No, no, they were blue. Oh, I'm going to put on blue, go to the hood, and let them kill me. How did you come up with that idea? It's pretty hard to explain, but like... Um, I don't think they kill white people when they're dressed in red. They only kill other blacks. <laughs> yeah, but basically, I mean... Like I basically have two sides of family. Like, like, I, like, like my white family lives up north, like in like um, San Francisco and all that. Um, and, and basically, you know, like basically the dad that raised me, which is you know the one that raised me when I was five months old. His side of the family, which is black, lives like in Las Vegas, South Central, Inglewood, you know, like oh, that. Oh, I see. You know? Oh, you were raised by a black family. Yeah, basically, yeah, basically, both. Like I said, I basically have two sides of family, oh. both black and white. You know. Really. Yeah. And so, why were you not raised by your white family, your father, and mother? Because basically, like, um, they basically couldn't even take care of me um that much. I mean, basically, the county took me away when I was five months, and they brought me to my aunt and uncle, which who I consider mom and dad. Oh, I see. You know. Uh, why were they not able to take care of you? Your well, family, your parents. 
for, for which I know basically like well, like while I was in the womb, um, I know that my mom, t- you know, my, my biological mom took like some like drugs. I mean, she was like pretty like out of it and all oh. that. And when she gave birth to me and all that, because I'm pretty much the mid child of her family. Uh-huh. Um, basically, I, I mean, the reason why she was terrible at taking care of me was because the bathroom, like for which I was little, was like. It was all crappy and messy. She didn't have enough supplies, enough food and care. And oh, I see. You know, yeah. so that's when the county stepped in and took me. You know, basically, you know, to her sister. You know. Oh, okay. And and basically, um, her sister, which is who I consider mom. Um, she um, you know, basically, you know, like they raised me. Nowadays, I'm basically living with my dad. I mean, along with um, my cousin, who I consider my big brother. Um. He's a mix, though. Um, compared to me, he was adopted. Oh. He he was born in Long Beach, and um, he I mean, um, basically I, I I mean he's a great brother to me. He I mean he's a good big brother. He's ten years older than me. He's thirty three years old of age, and um. So what brought you to the point where you wanted to commit suicide? Because I mean I felt like I I I basically you know felt guilty of like I mean. Uh, I'm, I'm basically like I, I feel like I couldn't drop my past and I felt like in order to get rid of the pain I feel like maybe I, I do deserve this like I understand you know you know it's just how you feeling today you still want to commit suicide not really I mean after you know I mean I mean you know like especially after trying to like come here and trying to attend this you know oh, okay. to see if it will help me you know alright yeah we'll help you Thank you, you don't have to die you need to be living not dying Exactly. Do your do your father know that you want to commit suicide? Is he aware of that? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I mean, what do you, you say know, about it? Well, basically, like um, you know, um, he pretty much stops me. He pretty much like um, you know, has talks with me. He pretty much like tells me, you know, like uh, like I already got locked up in two institutions in Culver City to the south, and um. It was rough, and um, yeah, but you know, but basically, he knows it. My brother knows it. Um, even my mom that raised me that knew it. You know, she knew it too before she passed away of chemo in 2009. Oh, okay. So, have you tried to do it? Have you uh, uh, before this time? Have you tried to kill yourself? Yeah, many times before. I mean, How, by you know, doing what? Well, I mean, I remember when I was little, I used to like bang my head and uh, you know against the bookshelf break it open and, and my dad used to put a football helmet on my head to you know keep me from from <laughs> yeah. like doing it you know right um and then i basically uh, you started carrying knives after that to my throat really but, yeah but uh, you know and and basically like you know then after that i started like you know getting into like overdoses and stuff of like household items like what like basically, like like Z-Quil or Sleep Time Aid. Um, just you know, I, I mean, I tried drinking the whole entire bottle. My dad confiscated it from me, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's amazing, man. Yeah. I Are mean, you surprised that you have not succeeded at taking your life? Yeah. Do but you I'm know great. why you have not succeeded? Because I feel like, even though I did disrespect, you know, basically a lot of friends and family. At least everybody I know is my family. It doesn't have to be the people I live with. They yeah. love me, and they would yeah. want me to learn from my mistakes and basically, you know, be with them. You know, try to make up. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we'll help you. Apparently, and, God wants you to stick around a while longer. Right. You know. So, 
So um, you came to the right place. We'll help you. Right, man. Thank you. All right. Is this your first time here? Uh, hold on for the mic. And so how did you hear about us? I have been watching you on the internet for a long time, and oh. I thought maybe I could come down here and see what it's about. Oh, okay. And what's your first name? Jeffrey. I'm sorry? Jeffrey. Oh, Jeffrey. Yeah. And so have you tried to cure yourself, too? Uh, in the past, I have, yes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but no, how many times have you tried? I've never attempted it. It's just something I've always considered. And why? Everything I try to do, I usually fail at. And I just got sick of that. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 34. Oh, okay. And so you've tried several times, but... I've well, I mean, you've thought about it. Thought about it. And because the things you were doing were not working for you? Yeah. Like what, for an example? Um... I don't know. I, I would want to be a gentleman to my family, and I would always end up hurting people. Uh, a lot of hurt, hurt in my past that I would do to other people. Yeah. When I didn't, that wasn't my intent ever. Right. I understand, man. So, were you raised by your father and mother? I was. By both parents? By both parents. And were they good parents? I would say so, yes. And if they were good, why did you turn out feeling this way about yourself? Mm, I, do, I personally don't know. Oh, okay. You have anger and stuff? Uh, I used to, but I listened to you about forgiving my parents. Yes. And I did that. Oh, you did? I did. So and, you went to them? Uh, well, I went to my mother. My father has been passed away for a while. Oh, okay. So I did just go to my mother and forgive and, her. And what happened? You went to her and said what? Um, I forgive you for all the things you've said that I took a certain way, and I know you were still trying your best, and I, I, I thank you for that. She cried a little bit, but it, it worked. And my dad, I... I forgave him also, but it yeah. was, you know, in a prayer. Right. Are you doing my silent prayer? Um, I have just read about it today. Oh, okay. I think I will try to do that. Yeah, I highly recommend it. It's on the web at uh, rebuildingaman.com slash church. I actually just read it in the car while I was looking oh, to see what time it started. And I was like, oh, what's this? I yeah. read about it just before I came in here. Yeah, make sure you start doing it tonight. I will. Today after church. I will. All right. Do you have any questions for me? Mm. Not really. I just wanted to meet you and, and hear you speak in person. Oh, okay. All right. And you guys will be fine. Thank you for... It's so easy to overcome. All right. Thank you for what? Thank you for what you do and oh, yeah. on the internet. Yes. You're welcome, man. I'm glad you made it. Thank you. All right. Wow. Interesting. I totally understand it, though. Yes, James. So, um, Tim from Louisiana is asking... Uh, should we fear God? Is it right to fear God? I think we should not have fear of God. Is only love as he loves us. I feel like fear stems from hatred, anger, and not knowing. If we know God, how can we fear God? And we talked about that one day here. What's your response? Let's say you're walking down the road, or Tim call your show and ask you that question. What would you say to him? That the Bible does say to fear God, and that fear is a different type of fear. It's kind of like the righteous anger, notion of righteous anger. There's a right way to fear God. And in the, in the olden days, like I used to hear about people saying, I'm a God-fearing man, or, or he's a God-fearing man, meaning that they will do the right thing. So uh, there's a good sense of fear. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> you don't believe you? No, I, I believe me. Oh, why are you laughing at? It feels a little silly. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, let's say you're walking down the road and someone saw the, this halo around you. 
this heavenly halo, and you have a bunch of angels all around you from heaven. And they said, should I fear God? What does that mean? What would you say? Or how do you fear God? What would your response be? I think the fear is within yourself. Um, And you have to have that faith to not fear. Okay. That's it? (laughs) (laughs) That was a big help. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Um, So... We talked about this one day in the church. Do you remember? What did we say about that, the fear of God? Um, You said it is the right word. It's not the wrong word. Like uh, I was saying, you know, you fear this, fear that. Why do I fear God? He's my father. And you said it is the right word. It's like an ultimate respect. It's like a uh, deep Respect, and if you don't understand it, pray on it and, it, and it will be revealed to you. Okay, interesting. Francisco, last word. So you have a halo. They know you're son of God. All the heavenly angels are capped around you, and and Tim is walking down the road. Sir, sir, how do I fear God? I can tell you, you are a son of God. How do I fear Him? And you say. I mean, you don't force yourself. Uh, just the idea of you asking that question, you're on the road to that path. Just asking that question. Uh, those who, who uh, hate God and don't love him have no thought of him. But just the idea that you're, you're asking that question, you're on the road. Amazing. Well, there go your halo. <laughs> your halo days are behind you. No, um, what's going to happen when you wake up from the fallen state? Um, you're going to enter into the kingdom of heaven within, and, you'll, and a real reality will appear, and you will live from that reality. And it will be perfect love all the time, without fear, without doubt, without worry, without the imagination controlling you. And so when you wake up, and you start living that way, you're going to have moments where you reflect, like, wow, this is amazing. My life is so amazing. And you're going to reflect on the crazy stuff you did in the fallen state, but God didn't allow you to to kill yourself or harm yourself or get in too much trouble, and you're going to appreciate that. Like, wow, I can't believe it. And you're going to have a great appreciation for his love for you because you're going to see I'm not worthy of this love, but yet I have it. That's amazing. And that's what it means to fear God. When you reflect and see what he did for you, how he was with you in that fallen state, and how he brought you through it. And so in, in appreciating it, you also know without, realize, without knowing that you would never go back to that again. And so because you now appreciate being back home with the Father, and in this perfect state, you're being made perfect, life is working, and you just, it's mind-blowing. So to reflect and appreciate is what fear is. Remember we talked about that? That makes sense? Fear is not a feeling that you, like what you have in the fallen state. Fear is a, a great appreciation for overcoming it. 
that he loved you enough, his mercy and grace were good enough that he brought you out of it. And that's why I'm telling you, you haven't been allowed to kill yourself because God loves you. And that's ridiculous. He doesn't want you to die. The enemy is trying to take your life. And so we're going to show you how to overcome that so he doesn't take it. All right. Uh, yes, sir. What I was going to say uh, to add to that was my understanding uh, of that fear was what kind of like what you were saying was the fear of the separation of that love because you do reflect on how it was yes. without it. And then when you have it, you're like, wow, yeah. you know, you kind of see and, and that's kind of really what the fear is. You never want to be separated from that again because it gives you that God's love, which is peace and salvation. And it's, it's not like a fear. You don't feel fear at all. It's just the appreciation says, I really don't ever want to go back into hell. I don't want to go back into that fallen state. And that's what it means. Because what happened, I realized that in that fallen state, we, we tend to associate everything with based on feelings. We don't know that when you come out of the fallen state, it's not based on feeling at all. You just walk by the light. And there's, you can't feel it, you can't taste it, you can't touch it. You're just living by the light. Uh, and so Christians tend to associate everything with feelings. And the reason they're doing that because they have not overcome the fallen state. They are in that fallen state where everything is based on what you think, how you feel, and, and blah, blah, blah. That's why they still think it's about feelings. God is not about feelings at all. It's not about what you think. He's not about what, what you feel. He's about logic and living by the light. Really. And it's going to be so amazing to live that way. It really is. I got to explain the reason we have a new background today is because we had to take the curtains down. We had a town hall on uh, this past Thursday night and uh, we did not have time to put it back up yet. So that's why we have the, the wrong backing. All right. Uh, yes, James. Oh, so does that make sense? You won't notice until you overcome the fallen state. And so it's interesting, too, when you overcome the fallen state and you're not operating from logic, from the light that's in you, and you see people overreacting and carrying on, it seems weird almost. But you understand it because you come from that. You know, you came from that. But you're looking at these people and they're just overreacting and it's crazy. And you think, wow, I used to be in that crazy state of mind and action and overreacting. But that's what it means. You're going to overcome that, but you've got to come out of the fallen state. And we'll talk about how to do that in a minute here. Um, I want to get into this. On this past weekend, I guess Friday and Saturday, President Trump uh, went over to Syria and he blew up some of the uh, um, poison uh, gas. poison gas locations. It was like specifically for that. And so I want to know from you, everybody here, or some of you here, what do you think about the president doing that, first of all? Because I know a lot of you have thought about it. What do you think that the, this country, along with France and another country, what was the other country? England. England. They went over there and they attacked those areas only and what do you think about that? Who think? Okay, right here. 
Um, at first, I was quite worried, uh, but I, I was worried it would lead to a boots on the ground war type situation. Can but I... Trump seemed to have it much more in control than I, I hoped he had, but I was worried that he didn't. And it seems like that's not where it's going. And right. As it was just an attack to get rid of the chemical weapon capabilities. Yeah, chemical weapon. It was a. Uh, it was very impressive, and the how it was how it was. Uh, Execute it was impressive how the attack started mid-speech right when he said it. It was just well-timed, and it showed very well organization. That was amazing to me. So he gave this speech that he was going to do this, and while giving the speech, he was doing it? It started. Really? Right I didn't know that said part. That. Yeah, the people, That's smart. Yeah, it was amazing. Wow. Because normally when someone say, I'm going to come and kill you, it gives you time to go hide. Yeah. <laughs> You don't I, I was, know that they're coming after you while they're saying it. That is smart. Well, wow, so you're okay with it now? I am. I'm, yeah. I'm much more calm about it. Like, I was worried yeah. as soon as it happened. There was a lot of people saying it would start World War III, and that kind of, at first I thought it wouldn't, and then I got worried hearing it over and over again. Yeah, but amazing. Then, yeah, afterwards I Did down. you, when it first started, did you lose faith in Trump? Um, I didn't lose faith in him, because I, I do feel that he is doing right. Okay. But I was, I was worried. I oh, started okay. to worry. Well, I guess maybe I did lose a little faith. Right. I, the worry oh, that's a good point, because if you worry, that yeah. means you have no faith. Exactly. Amazing. What did you think about it? What did you do, Frankie? Uh, for me, it was so quiet. I, I, never, I didn't know what happened, because we were talking so much about it. And then I heard something had happened. And um, it happened to be uh, 45 uh, cruise missiles and they did all the damage within 30 seconds, and everyone hit its target, and nobody died. So it happened, so by the time you figured out what was going on, it was, it was over, so you had time to make the no judgment before. on it. Yeah, it was like talk, 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 and then <laughs> I thought this was still talking, and That's did funny. it. It's impressive. Yeah, interesting. Who thought he should not have done it? Okay, and why? Well, I'm just worried about presidents uh, and countries, period, uh, going to war too loosely. Uh, I remember Ron Paul, when he ran for the presidency, he talked about the principles of blowback. And uh, that resonated with my faith, my Christian faith, and that is evil begets more evil. Right. And as the Quakers, they have a doctrine of uh, non-aggression, and the reason being is because if somebody strikes us, say, like Islam, we know that it's it's a radical, uh, quote-unquote, faith, and it's... It's not friendly at all. Are you a Quaker? I'm not a Quaker, no. Uh, Who's a Quaker? Okay, a Quaker is uh, a, a oh, like what? German sects that uh, are Christian. Oh, I see. And oh. uh, but they're. I thought a Quaker meant redneck. No. <laughs> no, not even a redneck. Not even close. <laughs> Rednecks wouldn't think that uh, Christian like. Oh. <laughs> but uh, they're not Protestant and they're not Catholic. So. Oh, okay. Uh, they really have a pretty strict uh, uh, understanding of, of the faith. All right. And uh, so I learned a few things about them because uh, they actually speak about the kingdom being within. So I would actually read some of their literature. And uh, it resonated with the faith, which is evil begets more evil. So uh, I'm very cautious when countries go to war just because right. uh, evil begets more evil. So, uh, But uh, if it is true that he just went in and attacked the... Uh, uh, chemical depots, and uh, and that was it, and that's fine. Okay. Uh, but I don't think we should go to war too uh, loosely. 
Right, I agree. When I, uh, so who, so I assume that everybody else here thought, yeah, go for it, Trump. Really? That's amazing. And sure, you thought too, like, go for it, Trump? Well, you know, he, I really like Trump. And one thing I like about him is he does not, like, Obama would be like, we're going to get out August 20th. You know, like, and they would just, you know, Trump would say, we'll get out, but we're not going to tell you when. And we'll, we'll, you know, right. like, he doesn't, he doesn't tell everything like Obama did. And right. it's that, that makes sense. And it seems like he's, he's listening to his, um, the right people. Because they said, I think they said when he attacked, he attacked, like, the, the research, the manufacturing. Like, he attacked all the things. Right. So they couldn't really get, so it's going to be hard for them to get back, you know, like, to power back up. And that's what you want to do. You kind of want to decimate whatever they have. So he seems really like, you know, like he's listening to the right people. So did you feel the same way about it? What did you think about it? Um, Initially, I may have uh, shared the same sentiment with, you know, um, worry. Um, But I do think that he has a base and he's listening to his base. Um, and I think it's methodically planned out and kind of the same thing with Cheryl saying is he's not going to say his move, you know, so oh, good. I do trust. That he's and so, but initially you thought we may end up going to war and all that stuff happens. Well, you hear all these things and you're not yeah. really sure, right? It's a lot of disinformation, a lot of. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. There was a rally downtown, anti-war rally. In downtown, LA? I think it was down. Was it downtown? Downtown LA last night okay. or yesterday? I'm like, why are they having a rally and we're not at war yet? Right. You know, like wait until we go to war and then right. have the rally. Right. But here's what I, I appreciate that. Here's what I realize about that is that, you know, like the people voted for President Trump, and the reason that they voted for him because they trusted him. They trust him, right? And then, and and and. As I speak about this, you can see in your own personal life and your friendships and family ships and things like that. People say, we are best friends. You're the man or you're a good preacher or you're a good this or that. Right. And I love you and I trust you. And you're like, amen. Praise the Lord. Everybody trusts. Right. But as soon as that person does something that one thing that you don't agree with. The trust is out the window. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? Yeah. The relationship is over. The trust is out the window. And I saw a lot of that happening when he said he was going to go and do this thing. And right away, people start tweeting and texting. Uh, one of my good friends said that now I won't feel sad for him when he is impeached. <laughs> and this is a good, smart friend. And, and, and the other smart people said things like about him, like oh, warmonger and all that kind of stuff, right? And I'm thinking, wow, where's the I love you, I trust you, I voted for you, and right on. And then what I realized from that, people only trust you as long as you're doing what they want you to do. You know, you have to do it exactly like they want you to do. And then if you don't do it, then all of a sudden you're no good. You're a bad person. We want to get rid of you. We want to divorce. We want to, don't want to be married. I hear a lot of women say, Christian women say that, I'm supposed to follow my husband 
as long as he's doing what the Lord said, right? <laughs> and so, but they're determining if he's doing what the Lord said or not. And if he does one thing that goes against what they think the Lord is saying, the relationship is over. Uh-uh, we're over, we're done, I'm not following you. And it's so amazing that that is like that. And when I saw them doing this to, the, to uh, Trump, I'm like, wow, the guy's doing one thing that we don't agree with. Well, I, I did not agree with or disagree because I still trust him. You know what? It, the man has been really smart at what he's done so far, right? And so if he decides, you know what, this is wrong, and I don't know all the details because nowadays we can't trust the media, and we, in the past, when men were men and boys were boys, we relied on the media to tell us the truth about what's happening in our country, what's really going on around the world. But the media is so political now and so biased in their crazy stuff, they won't report the truth. So we just have to trust the man until we can see what's really going on. But human beings don't trust each other like that anymore. They only, we only trust one another as long as you stay in line with what I want you to do. You're not allowed to think differently. You're not allowed to speak differently. You're not allowed to look around. You have to stay in that path or it's over. Have y'all ever done anybody like that? You trusted them until something happened that you didn't agree with and now you don't trust them anymore? Anybody ever done that? Who, you have? Can you tell me about it? You've done that too? Okay. I, I can't think of a scenario, but I know I've done that multiple yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that like crazy? I just like feel it. You know, like I know I've done that. I can't think of like yeah. lemonade or whatever. And, and you say you've done it? And, and give me an example of you doing that. Well, I had a friend of mine who was uh, doing a certain business with me. And uh, everything was great. It was over a period of years, in fact. And then he asked me to take what they had offered me, which is a, well, it was a pittance, and after all those years, I just felt so disappointed in him that I stopped talking to him because I just get upset if I talk to him. Wow. So and what it, was a, you, it was a disappointment more than anything else. Yeah. And did you go back and apologize? No, no, no. That, we still don't talk. We still don't talk. What's there to talk about? <laughs> I, don't, I don't expect him to change his mind. I'm, I'm not going to change my mind. So we're different on different streets. But the beauty of life is that he doesn't have to change his mind. No. Well, you have, but you don't have a right to be mad at him. I'm not mad at him. I just avoid conflict. Oh. Meaning that, yes. So um, I do think the situation in Syria is very bad. Um, but I, I don't dislike Trump at all. I don't like him any less. I don't presume to know why it, what it is what's happening. Were you saying I, I, I want him impeached because of what he done? No, of course not. Oh, okay. But I, I do think there is plenty of credence to it could be a big war with Russia. You know, we crossed a line that has not been crossed throughout the entire Cold War. In February in Damascus, the northern area of Syria, we killed hundreds of Russian soldiers. And things happen, you know what I mean? But we, the director of the CIA, Mike Pompei, went on the news and said, yeah, we did that. But and that's the beauty a line that is, had not been crossed. But see, what the beauty is, we can't base the present at all on what happened in the past. Not one iota. But that because happened last week. It, it, because 
in life, when you come out of that fallen state, things are constantly changing. And you can't base today on what happened even yesterday. Like, let's say you and I had an argument yesterday, and we didn't talk anymore. So I see you this morning. I should have let that go. So when I saw you, it's a brand new situation, brand new time, because it was just something happened back then. And you could be a better person for that today, or I can be. But if we have judged one another, and now we had this long friendship, and now we don't want anything to do with each other because of something we didn't agree on yesterday, we've just lost the friendship. No, I understand what you're saying, and I'm, I'm saying I could totally see myself before, you know, just carrying on about Trump, it's his fault, or America, or whatever. Uh, now, I feel like I know more because I acknowledge that I know less. There's so right. much, so many possible factors going on. It's not just Russia. It's not just the United States. It's uh, happening in Syria. You know, there's a lot of other countries. That's a strategic location for war for everybody. But yeah. everybody wants control of it, not just us. But the whole point about the real bringing this up today, not about what's happening or not happening over there. It's about trusting one another. You know, if we are friends or we are married, we're a couple or we this or that, we got to trust that and we got to let that other individual be who they are and not lose the trust in the person just because they deviated from your idea of what they should do. And um, so I'm using this bigger picture with Trump thing to make a small, to bring it home to the individual. The individual. And if you really be honest with yourself, I bet you everybody in this room at some point had done that to someone. You, you love them until they did something you didn't agree with or you thought was wrong and now it's over. They're not allowed to disagree. They're not allowed to yell at you. They're not allowed. I, now that I'm out of that fallen state, I may have been that way somewhat when I, before I came out, but now that I'm out, I allow my friends to do what they want. You know what I'm saying? You're my friend because you're my friend. You're not my friend because we agree on everything. We have to act the same way. We have, and if we have a dragged out fight, I'm still your friend. That's you being you, representing you, and I'm representing me. And so what you feel that they has nothing to do with me, and I don't have a right to judge you and take that away from you and abandon friendship or marriages or employeeships and all kind of ships. But human beings are doing this. They turned on the man. Some people you know, if I named them, you were like, wow. They're like, uh-uh. I, and we don't know all the details. And in that fallen state, human beings do not want to admit, I don't know. Because we really don't know. We got a lying media. And we can't trust. And, and so we just have to take him at his word. Or in friendships, we got to take him at your word until we see better. And the ego does not want to wait to see better. It want to talk about it and say it like it knows what it's talking about. And so friendships are over. Judgment is in. And families don't last. Friendships don't last. Because you try to, you, you don't own me. And I don't own you. And just because you're my friend or just because we're married, it's not ownership. When we voted for Trump, it's not ownership. And, and he has a, things happen where he may have to make a decision. Or in relationship, you may have to make a decision that, for whatever reason, 
It's a lesson for you to learn anyway. And why would I get mad and stop you from learning your lesson? Does that make sense? But if you're in a fallen state, you're not going to function that way. You lie, but you're not going to function that way. You can't because you don't have love. You do not have love. And if you don't have love, you're subject to the world. Yes, sir. I think I saw you tweeting about this earlier this week. Yes. Uh, I thought about it, actually. And I always, the word trust, though, to me, I think, means something different. I used to be a heroin addict for a long time. Yes. Um, and uh, as a heroin addict, I learned that you can actually trust. Mary, Mary, cut it out. Okay, go ahead. You can actually trust everyone. Uh, but you have to realize that you can't trust their behavior. You have to trust them to be who they are. Yes. Like everyone's going to be themselves, and you just have to trust that. They might betray you, but that you can still trust them. That is so deep. So, like, you do, you trust them, and then if they're wrong, they're doing you wrong or whatever, it'll reveal itself. And when it reveals itself to you, you see what to do about it. Yeah. You just see what to do. And if it has to end in friendship, it ends in a way that it wouldn't end if you judge them before you knew all the details of why people do the thing. I agree with that. Isn't that amazing? It is very amazing. And this is why friendships don't last. I would think, I would talk to a friend about this last night, and he brought up the, uh, the civil rights movement. And I remember during the civil rights movement, one of the things that they did that I always thought was wrong, and I still know it was wrong, even as I was a teenager, but I still knew that that was wrong, the blacks would go into the white establishments White's establishment, like cafes and, and restaurants and things like that. And they would sit at the counter, and the white perfect people like, get out of here. <laughs> I don't want you here. And they're like, no, you're going to give me breakfast anyway. And I'm like, why in the world would they impose on a private business that says, I don't want you there. And then you're thinking that these people don't like you anyway. And you're going to force them to service you. Do you know I'm going in the back and I'm going to spit in your food? I'm going to pee in your coffee. And I'm with a smile, I'm going to serve it to you. If someone don't want you there, they have a right to that. And you don't have a right to impose that. That's not freedom. Now I understand if it's the government paying for it because we're all paying. You know, it's supposed to be fair. But if it's private... You don't have a right to do that. And it's not racist, it's not sexist, it's not Islamophobia, it's, it's none of the isms. I have a right, if I built my own thing, to say no. Does that make sense? They're, they tried to force these Christian landowners who uh, have awareness on their property for heterosexual people. They, the homosexual went and challenged them to make them uh, do their weddings anyway. And so they took them to court and they won. The homosexuals won. And so I had written an article and said on my radio show when this first happened, okay, if they force you to do it, just say, okay, we'll form your little gay wedding, but we don't agree with it. We're going to take your money and give it to an organization that uh, are fighting against your cause. And that's exactly what they did. They put up a sign, okay, we'll do it. We don't like you. Well, we don't like what you do. But if you insist, 
Give me the money, I'm going to use it to fight against you. Isn't that nice? We don't, this is America. We don't have a right to impose on others. And then when they don't do it, we call them names. We talk about it. I've seen best friends, men and women, do that to one another. They're like best friends yesterday, and then they broke up, and then they go out, Chai, that's a nasty person. They so dirty, you can't trust them. What type of person are you that you are doing that to your friend? If you are a better friend, then you still have to act and be better. It's crazy what's happening. And so with the civil rights thing, uh, and then I'll take you guys. Um, one thing that came out of our conversation is that prior to the civil rights movement, you didn't hear a lot about race and racism. You just knew people were separate in Alabama or in the South. But it was, unless I'm crazy or something, it wasn't a big deal. I don't remember. We knew what it was. And as a result of that, I remember we used to go downtown, Hurstboro, Alabama. It's right between where I lived on the plantation and Tuskegee Institute, a little town called Hurstboro. And so we would go shopping there on Saturdays. And um, there were some stores or cafes we couldn't go into, but we kind of knew it. But black people built other cafes in that little town. We went there, had fun, didn't think anything about it. We just kind of knew it, but it wasn't a big deal. And then the civil rights movement comes along, and they start titling everything. This is racist. White people hate you because of your color. And now... 60 years later or so, we're so into the color thing because we've been so brainwashed until it's, we are so divided. Nobody allowed to have a different opinion, no, especially if you're white, and you're not allowed to disagree with the blacks or others who feel that way. It's a mess. It was better off then than it is now as far as human beings living together. We're so brainwashed that we don't even know it. And so when this guy, when the, when the president decided, well, I'm going to go in there, I'm just going to blow up these one or two things, all right? I'll be back. Uh, I'm just going to send the guys over there. They'll be back for dinner. <laughs> it won't be a war. Everybody already overreacting. They're not even waiting to see the outcome of the situation because they're in a fallen state. That's why it's like that. You can't help it when you're in that fallen state. You overreact to the world around you. That's why God said you got to come out of it so you, you could be in the world but not of it, and then you overcome anything. But every time you overreact, you dig in a deep hole for yourself. But it seemed right in the fallen state, but it's not right. It's wrong. It's evil. So let me do this. I saw your hand, and then I come back to James, and I saw uh, Joel. Uh, Kent. Yeah, I, I, thank you for kind of sharing that and kind of enlightening me to there in the fallen state. Cause I, I've noticed that about people in kind of society, you know, when this whole Syria thing happened. Oh, my God, we're going. And they're, they're going crazy. Yeah. They started another war. I, I'm chill. I'm just like, nothing happened. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But, but, but what you said, I realized that is my reaction is trust. I think you're helping me see that no reaction is trust. When you react, that's right. When you react, you're not trusting. That's and that, right. And that's what what you just tell me see in daily life is that's what everybody's going through. Yes, this is constant reaction to everything, and they're not trusting anything's going to kind of play itself out in a in a right way. That's right. And you don't know what Trump's seeing. 
That's you know, right. Trump's seeing something we totally no different. Idea. I know what I'm seeing, but that may not be what you're seeing. It doesn't mean we're wrong. <laughs> we're, we're all given things to see in our own that's world. Right. And I think that that's freeing me up, too, because I don't have to see everything all the time. I just see my little world. I go along my business, and that's I do right. the things that I do. And when things need to be revealed to me, there's freedom there. Yeah. I'm telling you all, and out there in, 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 in uh, uh, TV land, if you don't overreact, whether it's friendships or marriage ships or business ships, when something happens, be still. Don't overreact. Because the moment you overreact, the situation goes out the window. But if you could just wait and see, it works itself out. It will work itself out. And it will always, always, always work out for the good of you. Because you did not overreact. You waited to see. And things happen in life. Life is about issues. And we need those issues so that we can grow. But when you overreact, you're dying. You're not growing. You're not living. You need, when you can endure the different temptations that people bring upon you, the evil that they bring, the mess that they bring upon you, and then all these different thoughts that you have, when you can endure those things, you can live. I'm telling you, can't nothing get to you. But you got to get to know yourself so you can endure those things, relax and go through them, and don't go with them. It's so amazing. And that's how we, the way that the president is being treated is the way we treat each other in our personal lives, at work, in business places, and everywhere. That's amazing to me. I tried to get some Christian friends, men, to, to meet because they like have a little issue going on. I don't quite know what it is. I was like, okay, you guys are Christian men, men of God. There's an issue. I'll bring y'all together, y'all, together, and let's hash it out. And at least one, maybe two said no. Uh-uh, I'm done. I don't want to. But I'm like, things are going to happen. And you don't end a friendship or an associateship or a churchship just because something happened. Satan may have had somebody in mind and made them see it in the wrong way. It might not have meant what you meant. It, but give, treat people the way that God has treated you. Just think about how much you mess up in your own private life. We don't even know about it, but God knows. And he still protects you, give you another chance. He doesn't hold it against you. It's no big deal. We have to love one another the way we're being loved. But the problem is you're in that fallen state and you're not being loved with real love. That's what it is. So let me do this. Um, let me go here. I know you had a question we already back. Okay, of course, I'll come in. Yes, James. All right, so um, past, present, future is still pushing about the um, fearing God thing. Right. He thinks that it might be like, it sounds kind of egotistical to him when he hears people say that they fear God. Well, I, what do you want me to say? <laughs> what else can I say about it? Did you say that it's okay to fear God? I don't think you said anything I, about it yet. No, I said fear God is when, when you overcome that fallen state and you reflect on where he's brought you from and you have that great appreciation for it. That's what it means to fear God. You know where you came from and you don't want to go back there. You oh, appreciate okay. where he brought you from. I must not have been paying attention. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But um, another question. Fear Quick. God is not mean you have an emotional feeling about God. It does not mean that at all. And so... 
the people who are saying that are lying to you. They are in a fallen state and they've gone by the intellectual knowledge of God and not, they have not been returned to the Father. So they don't know him. Um, about Syria, Anne-Marie is asking, what about trust and betrayal? A lot of people feel they were betrayed by Trump. Betrayed how? That's just a feeling. Right now, we're not at war. And anyway, there is a time for war. There's a time to laugh, to cry, to war, to... What? What? What'd you say? To peace. Yes. And so... Uh, wait and see what happens. If he said the truth, all I did, I sent some guys over there this morning. They blew up these spots. They'll be back for dinner. We're not going to war. But to Russia, if we have to go to war, we're going to lock and load. Is that what he said? <laughs> we're going to lock and load. No red lines. Wouldn't you rather have the father of your home saying okay to the gang members? If you come back here, we're going to lock and load. Or would you rather him say, you know what? If you come back, I'm going to draw a red line. And you better not cross this line. He's like the father, but because we didn't have a good, strong father in the home, most people don't recognize that. They don't recognize. They think a father is weak and girly and a beta male. (laughs) A father is precise. You know what I'm saying? And then that's the light unto the family. And the family, the, the wife, the sons and daughters grow up like that because they're guided by the light of their father. Uh, this whole civil rights thing that brought in this racism and race and made us so aware of the colors and the separation should have never happened. It was a horrible mistake. And we have not recovered from it yet. We were not into the color thing. As a matter of fact, when I, I went up to Indiana once because I got mad at my grandmother about something. So I was like, I'm going to run away. I'm going to go live with my mother. And she's like, fine. You'll be back. <laughs> so I was like, I was in the 10th grade going to the 11th. And so I ran away. And she didn't call me. To see if I, did I make it? She let me stay there without any follow-ups, and so I went to Edison High School, and they uh, and, and down in Alabama, I had only gone to school with blacks, no whites, no nothing else. But at Edison, they had all races in Gary, Indiana, and so the very first year that I went to Edison, they elected the first black mayor of Gary, Indiana. So they had the election on a Tuesday, Wednesday morning. All hell broke loose. Blacks were attacking whites and they were attacking the Mexicans. And I had a white friend and he and I would be walking down the hall, hallway, and they would just come up to him and just beat him and spit on him and just in the hallway. I'm like, oh my God. I called up my grandmother, can I come back? I didn't want to go to that school. I was afraid of the blacks because they were so violent. And the blacks in Alabama were not like that because they were not into the race thing. It wasn't about the color thing. It was about the character of the person. Isn't that amazing? It's about the character. It's not about that. So we have to wait and see. 
he said we're not going to war so far today is Sunday there's no war happening anywhere right that we know of so wait and see don't base it on anything that Ronald Reagan did or George Bush did or George Bush's daddy did or Clinton did because we really don't know we can't trust the media so we gotta wait and see and we need to treat each other the same way wait and see alright yes you are I can't believe this time going by like this. It's almost over already. Um, <laughs> with the whole trust thing, you said that you kind of don't have an opinion about it until you figure out exactly what happened in the situation. Until you see what happened. Right. So, like, when I meet this young man here, I trust him. Right. I'm not doubting him about anything. If we were to have coffee, I trust him. Right. And then let's say we're having coffee, and he spilled the coffee on me. I'm not going to distrust him. I'm going to find out, why are you spilling that coffee on me? What's wrong with you? Right. He'll tell me. It'll be done. Now, then, when you find out that what that person did was actually wrong or whatever the case is, and you realize you can't trust him anymore, is it the, I mean, you still have, there's still the love for them. So yes. So it's not necessarily that you yes. continue to trust them, though. It's not the trusting. Unless it's more they the, say, you know what, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Right. Right. But if they don't, if they are not sorry for what they've done, then you have to have that little space. But you right. still love them. Right, right, right. It's not like you go out now, you call up Louise and Johnny and say, uh, "Tip was so bad. Right. I hate that person." Blah blah blah. Because if you were doing that, you're worse than they are. Right. You could not be trusted as a friend. Right, right, right. But if you still love them and allow them to be that way, but protect yourself from it, but still love them. You're a better person. You're shining light on. You're loving them the way God loves you. Right. And you can still forgive them for what they did, but there's still it's necessary to have space if it's necessary. If they don't change, yes. Okay. Absolutely. But as a matter of fact, when you come out of that fallen state, you automatically have space between you and the world. Between every human being, between you and the world, is an invisible bubble that's there. It's so weird. But you know that you're protected without seeing how you're protected, right? But you, it's automatically put there for you so you can't be personally harmed, inwardly harmed by your fellow man. Isn't that weird? It's so beautiful. Yes. Um, really good discussion, and it's true because I have a couple of friends. Well, I have one friend. And for some reason, I call. We used to hang out all the time, but now we don't. And I yeah. realize that I cannot be like resentful or anything like that because if whatever's going on resolves itself, I don't want to ruin the friendship. So every time I see her, or if I see her, then I'm always cordial, That's always right. the same. And it's her thing. It's not. It's not I, your I didn't thing. change, so it's, it's something she's going through. But I will not like just throw her overboard. That's I right. I just say we don't. For some, I just go for some reason. I, I don't know. Give them space to figure it out. Yeah. Something going on. It's their issue, not yours. And you shouldn't take it personally. Right. And so when they come back around, you're still the same person. Yeah. And then we can resume or not resume. That's or right. And then. Their, react, their actions should not change who you are. Right. If you are a good person, if you have overcome evil and now you're doing good, somebody else's reaction shouldn't change that. And also, she was good to me when my mom was sick. Yeah. I can't, I'm always grateful for that. So I always think I'm grateful for that. And 
that's it. I mean, I always try to think of the good, and, and when that evil tries to come in, I go, no, no. That's right. Very good point. You know, James is my producer, and he's a hard worker, really hard working, giving guy. So one day, James get a wild hair, and all of a sudden, he don't like me. I don't want to play. I'm not, I would never turn on him. You would never know about it. Where's James? Um, he's gone. He has some stuff to take care of. He's not around. But I would never turn on him just because he had an issue in his life that he overreacted to. But most people do. Most people do because they're in a fallen state and they have no love, no patience, no nothing. Isn't that amazing? They won't allow you to make a mistake. They won't allow you to be wrong. So, you know what I want to do is we are running out of time, so I want to tell you how to overcome that issue you're dealing with, all right? Give him the mic for me. And also you, this applies to everybody. Uh, and so you're 21, right? I'm 23. 23, and you, want to, you wanted to kill yourself, and somebody stopped you and said, hey, go to Jesse. He will help you. Yeah. All right? So here's what I recommend. You got to get to know yourself, all right? I want you to pay attention to what is happening inside of you. And you got to overcome the anger. Right. Because the anger that you have, it has separated you from God, from the tree of life. And that anger is deceiving you and it making you do things that you wouldn't ordinarily do. Because in that fallen state, you listen to the voices of the devil. Right. That makes sense? Yeah. And they sound like your voice. It sounds like it's telling the truth. And so when you hear that voice, the voice say to you, you are no good. Nobody likes you. You're always screwing up, right? Right. And, but you believe it. And when you believe it, it could convince you that you're not worth anything. You might as well take your life. Right. Isn't that true? Right, yeah. I can't hear you. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I get what you mean on that. It's just, you know, I want to change. I mean... I want to be here, uh, you know, like with my dad, with my friends. Try to make up with my friends. Make up with everybody that that love me, you know. I don't want to, like, like have myself not come back from the dead and regret it, you know. Right. But you don't, you can't, you can't make up for anything, though. You just have to see that you have this anger and you need to let it go. And then God will take it away from you because... I mean, you've tried this a number of times to take your life. And so he even said to you, you know what, buddy? All of those things didn't work. Put on a blue cap, go down in the hood, and the Chris will kill you. But what will um, happen is you'll go to the hood and they won't kill you. Yeah. Um, but but, like, um, um, but like on that part, I was basically the crip and I was getting ready to go to a blood neighborhood. You know? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, he, however <laughs> way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the blood won't kill you either. Yeah. And so he, he will set you up, right? But right. I, I want you to do my, the silent prayer. We'll give it to you before you leave. And right. I want you to just, I'm going to show you how to just relax and, so that God can take that anger away from you and how to stop listening to the lies in your head. Right. Everything that's in your imagination is a lie. Right. And I know you've been through a hard time. If, you know, your parents have failed you and all this other crap. But once you get over it, it's going to be as though it never happened. Right. You're going to have peace. Right. And that's what I want. Yeah. We'll show you how to do that. Right. All Thank right? you. Thank you. It's only the anger. Once you overcome that anger, you develop a sound mind. You know, in the scriptures, it said we should renew our mind. 
I'm telling you, once all anger is gone, you will have a brand new mindset. And the old one will just start passing away, and you will have a new mindset. It will renew itself. There's nothing you can do about it. You see things as they are in a clear way, and you start to overcome it. Right. All right? And that's what I want. I'm glad God kept you alive. Right. And we're going to help keep you alive. You become an old man. You get married. You have children (laughs) and grandchildren and all that good stuff. Right. All right? We'll get it right for you. Especially if I want that, the point is I would love to, like, succeed that, you know? Yes. Right. Well, don't worry. You came to the right place. Thank you. All right. Um, Do you have any other questions for me? Um... Nothing so far, I guess. I mean, but it was it was good, you know. Thank you. You feel it better already, huh? Yeah, basically, yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. How about you? Do you? This is your first time. You have any questions for me? I actually don't. I think you explained yourself really well. Yeah. I really enjoy hearing you. So what I want to tell you is that stay with the prayer, and then when Satan tells you things in your mind, sometimes you're going to be lost in your thoughts and not realize it. Then you're going to feel it. Because without the thought, you can't have the feeling. You can only feel fear when you believe into a lie. Then you feel it. You only feel depression when you believe into a lie. Now you feel depressed. But if you, don't, if you doubt every thought that you get, the ones that seem right and the ones that seem wrong, doubt them all. And when you doubt them, you're going to have peace. But stay with the prayer. Don't force that to happen. Just watch the thoughts come and go. Don't hold on to them. Don't, don't suppress them. Don't deny them. Just watch them like watching a movie. And your whole world, you will return to the Father. You'll become a son of God, and you can live. But you got to doubt every thought. When they say you are a failure, that's not true. You're not a failure. I don't even know what that means. You know, you're just in a fallen state believing into lies. That makes sense? Completely. Yeah. Any no other questions for me? I think I had one, but you've explained it. Uh, okay. Well, stay with the prayer. All right? And um, I know you had your hand. Let me do this quick question here then. Oh, a statement. No, I was just going to explain that uh, my best friend and I fight, like, bitterly every day. Yeah. People who see us say, God, those guys really love each other. Because we do. Because yeah. we, we never, at the end of the day, we're just laughing and just like, okay, tomorrow I'll see you. Well, we're going to hang out again. It's never, the only time we were restrained was when money was involved. And then I always thought, oh, you're just a loser or why I got bad. But then he would also say that the reason why he was away when I finally just gave up on holding it against him, he said he was ashamed for not paying me back. Yeah. But and, don't loan him any more money, though. Huh? Don't no, no. him. Yeah. 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 When they that, don't pay back, that's it. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. All right. But I wanted to say, you got to overcome the anger. Anger is resentment, is judgment, is playing God. And God cannot help you with the anger in your heart because Satan is your father. You gotta and don't. You can't control it. You gotta let it go. You gotta be rid of it. And only God can take that away by you realizing that you have this anger and you don't want it. He'll take it away. I'm telling you, folks, that's all it takes. It's so simple. And once you overcome that anger, the world cannot affect you. 
you deal with life, you speak up, you don't resent, but it will not. And then people are talking about you, they lie on you. Uh, you find yourself not overreacting to that because you're doing what's right. And what's right is the right thing to do. It always works out. So I highly recommend my silent prayer. Uh, be still. I mean, uh, silent prayer. Go to uh, rebuildingtheman.com slash church and listen to it. That's why you won't need to listen to what I'm telling you. It'll come naturally. Uh, we need your support, your uh, donations and tithes and offering. We got a lot of work to do. Uh, we have the books and things like that. Any other announcement, Hermes? Oh, James, go ahead. Just I want to thank uh, Tim, Carl, Smitty, and Brian, and anybody else who gave over the super chat here. Right on. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. But we definitely need your support. Life is so simple. And the one thing I really, really want to tell you, you got to know that you know for yourself, not because somebody else said it. You know, like I've seen on, on the news, for example, a quick example, if there's a shooting in the school and we don't know what happened yet. The first thing the media does, it brings in experts and they say, well, what are you what happened there, you think? And they don't know yet. But they start giving you their expert opinion and they have no idea what happened. And if you're not aware of that, you pick up what they said. And now you're out there saying the same thing. Have you ever noticed that? And you don't know what what? No, no. How come you can't say, I don't know yet. Let's wait until we find out. But you go on with the experts, and the experts have no... They were at home sleep, too, when it happened. <laughs> they were sleeping just like you were. Or they were at work when the shooting happened, and they heard about it on the news. They have no idea what happened there. But everybody pick it up and just repeat it. Blind leading the blind. The dead leading the dead. Yes, James? There is a women's forum this Thursday at 7 p.m. Oh, okay. It's thir Thursday already? Apparently. That's amazing. Yeah. So we're having a women's meeting this Thursday night. On the first Thursday night, it's for men only. Third Thursday night, ladies only, and church for everybody and their mama. <laughs> so at 7 o'clock, I'll see you there, all right? Uh, thank you for tuning in, folks. We have the best counseling service, too. If you need counseling, we have the best counseling service on this side of heaven. You may need two sessions. <laughs> Most of the time, you only need one, but maybe two. But thank you for tuning in, and thank you all for coming. I appreciate it. That was fun. <laughs>